We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. Sees a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host, my partners in crime, Tommy Avant and former LA Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. And well, I guess, whoa, what a day for the Rams across the entire NFL. It's been bananas all day. But first things first, guys. Happy flipping New Year! <laughs> yes, indeed. I mean, we run into a fast close for 2023, but wow, what a day! What a day! You thinking about Tom? Man, I didn't expect to get any added gray hairs, you know, at the very tail end of 2023. But here we are. Right here we are adding to the grays I already got because the weaknesses on this team reared their ugly heads today in special teams. Probably the worst unit from top to bottom in the NFL right now. Punter, kicker, all of them out there tackling, uh, can't stay in their lanes. It's horrible, man. And uh, our secondary is just. Yeah, they are who they are at this point. Rolling into the playoffs, uh, we had to get this this W today, and boy, was it close. And uh, the Giants gave us all they 
that we could handle, but I mean, shooting ourselves in the foot is an understatement in my opinion. What do you think, Derek? Well, let's just be real. I mean, and let's there's a lot of pauses to take from the game too. I mean, there oh, are. Yeah. Well, but we'll we're, getting, we're, we're 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 gonna get the negatives out of the way first so we can look we could have a happy <laughs> last part of the podcast. That secondary isn't just bad. It's garbage. It's it's hot. It's a hot mess. It, and there's it's very clear what the Rams have to focus on in the draft or for agency or whatever they're going to do coming for next year. They're you know I, I'm not too worried about special teams. I think special teams is a lot easier to fix. You're, that's I mean, your punters and kickers. They don't cost as much. You're you'll find who fits you for next year. You know you just gotta get through this year. And I mean, what do you expect? They're nine and seven going in. The, they're, they're they're probably going to playoffs and. And quite frankly, they look like they're en route to go in Detroit for the playoffs. That's what it looks like right now. If everything holds as they are, they're going to Detroit. And that's I what I, I want to see. That's what everyone wants to see. That's what every media person, everybody wants to see that, dude. No. I, I, hey, I, I need some money. You guys, you guys get me, hook me up with some money. Money, money. I want to Detroit to play a playoff game. My gosh. I'm like a junkie for this. I would love oh. to go too, but at the same time, do you really think any Detroit Lions fans are letting any of us into the building? I mean, they're hosting a playoff game. You don't think they're going to buy every single ticket? Well, wait, I'd be shocked if there was a ticket I, available for a visiting I fan. This one through. Uh, if memory serves me right, I'm digging back in the brain. Mike, maybe you can help. Maybe Tommy, you can help too. But when they made the playoffs in '93, I, I remember them going down to. I remember them going down to Dallas and getting beat, I believe, in the, was it the divisional playoff game? Or did they beat Dallas? Help me remember this. Who, the Lions? Yes. I don't remember. So I remember them losing to the, I'm, I'm checking this now, because I believe that's the last time they hosted a playoff game. Yeah, if I'm if I'm a Lions fan, I'm not letting anybody into the building from a visiting team. Why? I mean, why would you? You know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm checking this now. Um, okay. Uh, 1993, they hosted the Packers. Okay. So 93, they hosted the Packers lost 28, 24. That is the last time Detroit has hosted a playoff game. No, they're not letting nobody in 30 years. going to be 31 years. No, you'll get in there. You're going to pay for it, though. Be a pretty penny. Arm, leg, firstborn child, that kind of thing. Yeah. No. <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll watch it on TV. I'm good. I'm not paying that much money for a playoff TV. It's okay. We're, go- I was, we're going to Detroit next year, so we're good. Yeah, we're going to go there anyway. And it ain't going to cost us an arm and a leg. I, and plus... I don't know. I kind of want to watch it on TV. I want to, I want all the drama, you know, all that TV drama. This is like, going to be like a soap opera if it goes down. You know what I mean? The whole week they're going to talk about all the, the soap opera with, you know, Jared Goff getting traded and Matt Stafford winning a Super Bowl his first year in LA and blah, blah, man. If they're going to eat this up all week long, they ain't even going to talk about any of the other games. It's going to be the most talked about game in the NFL playoffs, you know? So let's root for uh, Seattle today. Cause it's uh, uh, for Seattle to lose today. Cause if they lose, 
correct me if I'm wrong, then next week game doesn't matter, right? They're in, yeah. They lose, Rams are in. Rams are probably in anyways, but that, that's, that seals it up and probably seals up the 6C, which seals up in their probable matchup Detroit. So, that's, yeah, I, I want that succeed because I want to play the Lions in the in the playoffs round one. I just I want that matchup, dude. Yeah, in Pittsburgh, right? Or as we're recording, it's it's one thirty Eastern. Sorry, sorry, Pacific time. And Pittsburgh is in the Seattle red zone at this time. Uh, but let's get into the game. Jeez, uh, before we even do, let me go ahead and and, and let's talk about prize picks. They are the I say the largest daily fan sports platform in North America. They are the most exciting way for you to play DFS. Just you against the numbers. In this case, you pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections and you watch the winnings roll in. That's how they do things around here. So in this case, all you do literally is just go to the webpage, you log in and you just, it was this simple. You just choose an over or under on a player. So for example, if Christian McCaffrey was was target was, was over under 75 yards rushing, or Patrick Mahomes was targeted for more than two passing touchdowns, you can pick the over or the under. That's all you do. So with this, you have the opportunity to play alongside some of Prospect's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill, comedian Andrew Scholes. You can find them on the community place tab under promos to view the entries from the biggest names in the prize picks community every week. But the best part about it besides the fact they're pretty stinking accurate, is the reboot policy. And if you ever log on to X or some social media on a Sunday afternoon with an injury that's happened, you always see people complaining about injuries. In this case, Price Picks offers this reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, like Christian McCaffrey today, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is, Price Picks is the only Daily Fan Source platform wins an insurance policy for injuries. Also, you can do p- combo projections across football and basketball with, from this specials league. So an example would be LeBron James, who's playing today, plus Travis Kelsey, who's playing right now, a 10.5-point combo with three-pointers made, plus receptions, and there you go. So if you want to be part of this, go to prizepicks.com. Four sets Rams talk. Use the code Rams talk for a first deposit match up to $100. One more time, go to prizepicks.com. Four sets Rams talk and use the code Rams talk for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks. Pick more, pick less. That easy. Here's a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, shall we get to the numbers? Yes, shall sir. We? All right. Let's do it. Let's Here's do the numbers, it. and it's it's they're interesting. Let's just say that. First downs, Rams, 22, New York, 17. Third down efficiency, 2 of 8 for the Rams, 5 of 16 for the, the Giants. 0 for 1 for fourth down for the Rams, 1 of 3 for the Giants. 391 total yards for the Rams, 389 for the Giants. Yeah, that close. 61 plays for the Rams, 7 for the Giants. Average per play, 6.8 for the Rams, sorry, 6.4, 5.8 for New York. Net yards rushing, 105 on 23 carries for the Rams at 4.6 yards a carry. This number is deceiving. The Giants had 105 yards rushing on 20 carries, 5.3 yards a rush. That's because most of that came from Tyrod Taylor running for his life. The Rams' pass rush was on today. Unfortunately, there wasn't a whole lot behind him. So, net yards passing, 286 for the Rams, 284 for the Giants, 7.5 yards per pass. The Rams, 60 for the Giants. The Rams gave up four sacks today. Giants gave up six, so there was a lot of pass rushing going on. Two interceptions for the Rams, one for the Giants. Each team punted five times. The Rams actually averaged 57 yards per punt and 44 for the Giants as well. How many yards? Three for uh, three pounds, 28 yards for the Rams, seven for 65 for the Giants. Rams had a fumble loss as well. Time possession very close. 30 11 for the Rams, 29 49 for the Giants. If we're looking at one individual stat that will stand out, especially late in the game, Tyrod Taylor, six carries, 40 yards. A lot of that came late when things were really in trouble. Um, kept, it kept all of our. Him running around kept all of us on the edge. Am I wrong there? We were on the edge, guys. Dude, Am I wrong? 100%. 100%, yeah. man. Uh, uh, I was stressed out, dude. <laughs> like, and I, don't, yeah. I don't get stressed out during games that much anymore, but we're, you know, we're in the playoff hunt. You know, we're playing a team that doesn't have anything to play for. Those are the most dangerous. We all know that. There's, you know, football is football. It don't matter what people's records are. They came to, they know that they only had two games left on their schedule, and they came to have some fun today at our expense. You know, uh, for the record, Kyron also went twenty carries for eighty-seven yards and three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. I just want to point this out as well as we as we wrap up the numbers. There was a lot of buzz around New York because opposing quarterbacks coming into New York in the last couple months have done horrible. And we have two, two Matt Stafford interceptions in this game, but overall Matt Stafford numbers wise exceeded every expectation in terms of what opposing quarterbacks have been doing the last couple, couple months. Um, 
and yet he spent the, spent the game running for his life. And a lot of that, a lot of that is New York's pass rush, but Lark Jackson was ruled out of the game roughly, was it three hours, Tommy? Was it three hours prior so, to the game we, we got it? Was something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that definitely played a role. Like you had a shuffled offensive line on game day. That's that that was rough. So that's those. I hope the guy's all right. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's a kid. Maybe it's maybe it's something else. We hope everything's okay. We'll, we'll update you when we know. But there's the game, guys. So going to Mike first, Mike. After hearing all these numbers and everything that went on in this game, what are your first thoughts? Well, it's it's just uh, it's just a little interesting to see again. At the end of the day, it's in the W column. Uh, again, my old defensive coordinator, rest in peace, Fritz Sherman, would say, we got one more in the bank. So one more in the bank for the Rams mean they're one more closer to locking up uh, that playoff spot. It looks like if it started today, they're, they're right there in the hunt. But at the same time, uh, as you guys noted a little bit earlier, there are some eyesores, if you will, that must be dealt with. So overall, uh, you kind of saw a balanced thing. But uh, like I said last week, the thing that a guy like a Tyrod Taylor, and I hate to see quarterbacks start trying to be something that they're not, go into the game and be who you are. If you are a dual threat quarterback, be a dual threat. So as Tommy noted, we saw that on that last Next to the last series, dude takes and goes, I don't know, what was it, 40, 50 yards, like nothing, you know, and that is something that you cannot practice for. And so uh, I believe we're really fortunate, even though he was running for his life most of the game, he didn't do it maybe as much as he could have. And again, you're trying to go in as a backup, and I'm not trying to say this is the giant show, but it's just interesting to see that when this game is way closer than we thought it would be, with the exception of you do have a veteran quarterback in Tyrod Taylor who could come in and, and at least keep it close. Uh, but we do have to figure out with the secondary, and I wouldn't say they're hot garbage, Derek. I would just say they have to learn how to finish. They're not finishing. They're, they're, they're there to make a play, and then the other guy makes the play. So they got to finish, figure out how to finish. And again, that's that's a DC, the 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 quarter DB position coach. You know, they got to get those guys to finish and quit thinking, hey, somebody else is gonna make a play. What do you think, Tom? I think that the guys in the secondary are thinking too much, and that's why they're out of position. If they're overthinking it, uh, you know, you, you have you get your initial base coverage. Right. And then you play instinctual football off of that base coverage. You do not follow marching orders 100 percent. If you do, you're all eventually going to end up on the bench because your coach is going to the excuse you're going to use is not going to fly with the coach. Well, you told me to do that. <laughs> Go ahead and say that to the coach and see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it was it was, you know, <laughs> I, I, had, I had curled a flat. That was right, my job. Right. So if the wide receiver ran past me, that's not my problem. <laughs> Tell that to the coach, yo. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Bro, I'm seeing bad fundamentals. Michael Hoyt doesn't understand outside contain right, being right. a pass rusher. Okay, that's why Tyra Taylor 
was able to run for 50 yards down the field because he spun inside. Why are you spinning, period, against a mobile quarterback? You never use a spin move against a mobile quarterback, whether it's inside or outside, whoever's blocking you, because he's just going to move out of the way. Oh, he spun inside. I'm going to go outside. He spun and vice versa. You can do it against a statue quarterback. You can do that spin move all day. Uh, Guys like Dwight Freeney lived off of that back in the day. But back in the day, most quarterbacks were stone in the pocket. They didn't move. So you could do that. But these all these quarterbacks can run now. So he spins inside and Tyra Taylor just laughs and he just runs right outside of him and goes all the way down the field. It's fundamentals. And you have to play certain styles of football against certain styles of quarterbacks. And he learned the hard way on that one. I was I about jumped out of my chair, man. I was like, I started yelling. I was watching the game with my mom and my grandma. I'm out here visiting my family right now with my son. And uh, they haven't seen me that fired up in a long time. But it was the fundamentals. And my mom and grandma, they know the game. They were like, what are they doing? I'm like, it's, they're making youth football mistakes out here, man. This is embarrassing, dude. Come on, guys. We're getting, we're getting keyed up for the playoffs. And we need to play sound, basic, fundamental football. Stop overthinking it. You know, we got punters that don't know how to punt the ball out of bounds. And you're kicking it right to the dude, and he's running back for punt returns. Like, come on, man. The hang time is terrible. That's why the defense can't get down there fast enough to make a tackle. I mean, just the little things. Those little things make a huge difference in a game, man. And then not just our kicker. Everyone's like, oh, our kicker sucks. Yeah, so does every kicker in the NFL named, not named Justin Tucker. All right? I, I At this point, watching kicking in the NFL this year, I said it the other day on Twitter, take the goalposts down. We're done. The game is changing. No more kicking a football. We're going to kick it off, but no more PATs, no more field goals. These guys don't deserve a paycheck. None of them do. Just fire them all. Just shut it down. Go, just play football. No more special teams, dude. Like not At least not kicking field goals and next points because these guys can't do it anymore. I'm, I'm watching a highlights on the Red Zone channel. Missed, missed a PAT, missed field goal on all these other games too, not just ours, bro. What's going on in the NFL where kickers just don't know how to do their job anymore? I, I don't get it. I mean, what is it, guys? Well, good question. I've never seen anything like it. Well, some there's just the there's there are the optics, and the optics are the extra point is no longer a cakewalk. It's it's basically what. Um, 15, 17, you know, 30, 30 yard field goal. So you're going to miss a few of those. Um, in New York, they had kicking in New York is never fun. There's always a swirling wind there. Mike can tell you about that. Um, but across the board overall, I can't really explain anything else other than that. Like it's, I don't know. Maybe it's just that kind of year. Like it's been a bad year for quarterbacks overall for the most part. So maybe it's just that kind of year. There's some positions just aren't doing what they should be doing. Hopefully that changes. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I, you know, again, just being at practice and, and, you know, those guys, they'll kick for the special teams part and then they'll go practice a certain number of field goals. But there's this fine line between how many do you leave on the field? You know what I mean? You don't want to be like, yeah, man, I'm making 55 yarders on Thursday 
And then I can't make a 40 yarder on Sunday because my leg might be a little tired because I overkick too much. So there's this fine line between getting practice in, being consistent. Tommy, what he's talking about is really the mental aspect of what are you guys doing again? And I'm glad we the guy missed it. But you can't be known as one of the guys who has kicked outside one of the best in the business. And you come in the game, Giants kicker, and you just miss kick it. It was nothing wrong with the hole. Is nothing. He just miss kicked it, and the ball didn't even. It wasn't even close to going in. So I was like, okay, man, what are we doing? But we all know who have played is, yeah, man. That is a lot of pressure on an individual coming in, whether you made two that day or made none that day. But everybody's like, dude, you got to make this one. If you make it, we win. If you don't, we're going to lose. So that's a lot of pressure because it's not practice. So that mental aspect of it. And then, you know, how ready are you? How dialed in are you? You see some guys, they steely eyed and just go in there and just kick it through there and nothing to it. So uh, but I'm with you, Tom. We always say, man, we hate kickers because. Hunters, you need either not getting up. Oh, I shanked it. Oh, got a lucky bounce. Or uh, I'm kicking it short on the kickoff. Now they moved the kickoff, so that didn't happen too much. But there's all kinds of things when it's like, okay, that's your job. You you got to be efficient in your job. Yet you probably throughout a game you don't get really all the opportunities that a quarter might. You know, you're not getting 50 chances to kick 50 field goals. So. Uh, but yet you get paid to do that. You got to be able to come in there and do your job. So we, we do have to clean up the special teams because as you can see, one returns puts you right back in the game. And if it wasn't for the bonehead coaches, they probably would have won because all you got to do is kick the field goal, put the pressure on the, the Rams. They, we end up getting stopped. Now all you got to do is go down. It's less pressure. If you miss a field goal for the winner, you still got overtime. But thankfully, they went for two, missed it. Then the kicker missed it at the end. So we're fortunate. I think, too, I think Ram fans are not used to this because, I mean, we went from Jeff Wilkins to Greg Zerline. Like, uh, we had, we were like the kickers of the Packers. Like, <laughs> the Packers had Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. We had, Jeff Wilkins to Greg Zerline. So we we don't know bad kicking. You know what I mean? We don't know it. Like not hardly in my generation. We've always had a solid kicker. So I'm not used to this. This is foreign territory for well, you know, me no, and every other fan. Zerline had his has his streaks, his moments, and and even Matt Gay, between Matt Gay and, and Zerline, there were some issues there as well. You know, I I look at it more along the lines of we went from decent, good, or great kicking to really, really bad kicking. And I'm wondering if, it, you know, Brett Maher obviously had some mistakes there, but I'm wondering also, that, you know, he he was an experienced kicker. He was a guy who'd been around the block a bit. And I'm wondering if they were too quick on the trigger to hang that guy out and bring in some some rookie who's never been there, never done that. Instead of working things out with Brett Martin, helping him get through that, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It's kind of like what the Lions did with uh, with Riley Patterson. Now, why you know. he had one bad game and they and they fired the guy. Patterson's a good kicker. Yeah. Patterson's They're a really good kicker. 
they're being too impatient with the kickers. Hey, if it sounds like I'm a I'm a, a half-cocked version of myself today, I apologize. But this game did physically wear me out. Like, I was I was me during the game, but now I'm like, ugh. And she wore me out, dude. It was like almost being at the game, how Man. tight it was, how many mistakes was going on. That shit stressed Man, me out. Stop dude. it. You're always half-cocked. <laughs> What do you mean? Half you're a grown. You're a grown. You out right now, boy. You are a grown man. He would tell you half cocked. You're a grown freaking man. You can handle your fandom a bit. Come on now. I'm hey, I'm ready for a nap. <laughs> as far as the special teams, I think since uh, Fossil's been gone, it's just our special teams have been kind of hit and miss. What do you guys think? Well, I agree. Been hit and miss. I'm not sure if it's Fossil himself or. There's a reason why they let Fossil go. But, you know, it, at the root of it, when you have this transition of talent out, like Matt Gay is a really good kicker, and they let him go. They weren't willing to pay him. You're paying the That's price, true. you're not paying him. And, How much money is he making, by the way? Uh, a couple. I mean, he's, he's – oh, let's go take a look. Being cheap on kickers is not working out for people, isn't it? Yeah, all of them. It's not working out for any of them. Exactly. Yeah, go ahead and penny pinch on a, a position that could win you or lose you games and see how that works out for you. Well, they're trying to yeah. clear out the cap. I understand why, but I, go back. We we never even expect this team to be where they were. I don't think the I don't think the Rams front office actually expected this team to be where they are. So maybe they just thought, well, hey, you know, we'll put a team together. We'll see how it goes, and we'll get cheap in the meantime. Matt Gay. This is annoying. You know what his cap hit is in Indianapolis? What? Three mil. Three mil. It's nothing. His contract. His contract. Our Super Bowl winning kicker. It was a four-year contract for 22 mil. Had an eight mil signing bonus. So average salary overall is 5.6 mil. That is a bit pricey. That is a bit pricey for a kicker. But not if you not if you lose the playoff game, it ain't true. True, they do have it out after two years. <laughs> so this this year was the cheap year. <laughs> Next year, the cap it jumps up to six mil. I do wonder if you would have taken a little bit less money to stay too. By the way, I wouldn't. Show me the money, or I'm out. Shit. Sure, sure. <laughs> I, I, I do wonder because that that was the you know the Rams were the team that picked him up and took him when Tampa Bay just. Unceremoniously just dumped them. So they might have got a little bit of a hometown discount because they, they were the hometown that took a chance on them, but not a whole lot. Hey, uh, positives though. Kyron Williams, three touchdowns, 20 carries, 80, 87 yards. Stud. stud. Stud, bro. Absolute stud. You know, everything you need. I'm wishing he would have got the ball a little more in his hands today. Um, Matt Stafford. Through two picks, yes, yes, I know. They weren't great. Um, a dude was running for his life all day. Still th- threw four 300 yards. Um, and best performance by a opposing quarterback in New York in like two months. So Yeah, he held his yeah. own. I mean, he was right. You know, he was missing his left tackle. He wasn't expecting that probably, you know. And, I mean, I think he overall, he played well, you know. I mean. Yeah, he was th- those interceptions. 
he was, if you look at the replay, he was, you know, he was under pressure. It happens. I'm not so that, on him about it. Um, defensively, we talked about it. Uh, Aaron Donald, though, two sacks today. Kobe Turner, two sacks today. Uh, that's what we wanted to see. Yes, sir. That our, was nice to our, see. Our front seven is, is as good as they get, especially with all those young guys right now. Man, they are. They're holding it down, bro. They, they really are. are. And they're they getting better. They are. I'd like to see a little less of Michael Hoyt, but, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. That's the problem. I mean, he's actually a solid pass rusher. He's just not good anywhere else. <laughs> so maybe it's, maybe in spot duty, he's a pass rusher. He's good to have, but, you know, I don't know. Mike, you're sitting back there all quiet. Your thoughts? Hoyt from Pro Bowl. Oh, gosh. <laughs> You're just trolling, dude. You're trolling. You're trolling. I'm sorry, but he's he, he's making some bonehead mistakes. Like, bro, how long hey, you but, but you guys said, you guys felt like, oh, Matthew Stafford did well with the two picks. I, I just seems like Matt, man, he kind of fades when that pressure gets on. I mean, at the end of the game, you know, you, you kind of don't get rid of it. You take a sack. You saw him and McVay kind of go at it for a second. McVay's like, dude, you got to throw that ball away. And he's like, yeah, I said something. But then, you know, down the stretch, we can't get that first down that gives the Giants an opportunity to, you know, steal us. Or, well, they might have thought it wasn't going to be a steal. So when you guys talk about, you know, us in Detroit, Detroit's defense, they are playing like they mean business. I don't want to see us play them because, yeah. Now, they got that guy, Jared Goff, over there who obviously fades and he'll throw you picks and just, I don't know, something happens with him. But it just seems like Matt kind of gets in that little funk, too, where he can be super dynamite. And then the next thing you know, it's like, well, what happened, Matt? You're you're supposed to be a seasoned vet. Why are you making that throw or making that play or not making that throw or not making that play? Thoughts on that? Tommy, tell me, gonna go. You're a defensive guy, and and looking back on the play that we're, that that Mike's referencing, um, where Stafford and and Sean went after each other a little bit on the sideline, there was a blitz coming from both sides. Kyron moves over to pick up one blitz, and, and number 19 from the Giants goes straight through. So you had, you had two, two blitzers coming on each side of the line. What's, so you're, what was the situation? What point in the game it was It was third this? and nine. Third and nine, late in the game. This is right before the Rams punted for the last time. Okay. Okay. And this, this okay. is where I, Stafford I, took a sec. I don't think, I don't think I Stafford already, could I already got involved. the answer. I got the answer now. Now that I know which player you're talking about. Downs one through three were the most predictable play calls there is, period. You ran the ball first and second down. You're at third and nine. Everyone knows you're going to throw the ball, you idiot. <laughs> it's like, what do you expect, dude? Be more creative at the end of the game. You're trying to close the game out. You, the other team doesn't have any timeouts left, and you're going to go run, run, pass. Cool, man. Way to be creative, dude. I'm not going to pick on Matt there. Any quarterback so- would have got whacked in the head. I'm glad you brought that up. So, again, this comes back down to play calling. Like, what are we doing in these situations that are not allowing us to just finish? 
What do you think, Derek? Offensive well, they did. guy. They, they put out 26 points in this game. They did a lot of finishing. The problem is, you know, it goes back to the, the Sean McVay way of doing some, doing things sometimes. Like he'll get tunnel vision and focus on one thing, and that's what he focuses on. He, he is predictable one way. When he gets down in certain situations, he'll go and he'll, he'll for whatever reason, he'll lock down on the creativity when he should be the 2017 version of himself. Just screw it. Let's go for it. Let's go run this thing. Let's go make some magic happen. Two running plays, and then you, you basically make yourself one-dimensional because now you're third and nine. You're not going to run the football there because you need that first down. Otherwise, you're just basically giving them the football. So they, the Giants knew exactly what they were going to do. Now, I'm also wondering what were the set audibles there because you have Stafford at the line at that moment in time. You mean to tell me you didn't see those two blitzers there? What else could have been done? I would have loved to have seen a screen there. Quick out screen, gone. Bro, my what mom was do? watching it. My mom was watching it pre-snap, and she said, they're coming for his head. That's exactly what she said. And I looked at her, I'm all, yeah, you're right. They're coming for his head. He's about to get knocked out right now because yeah. it's predictable. And when the game is close, that's when Sean becomes a predictable play caller. And that's the time when you're not supposed to. I'm seeing teams like the Lions last night, go for the two-point conversion to win the game. And if they don't get it, they're going to lose the game. Like, damn, I was like, dude, this guy's got stones. Like, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that he wouldn't just kick the extra point and play for OT. I was shocked. And then you got Sean, who the game is close on the line today, and the other team don't have timeouts, and you go run, run, pass. and the defense. Knew every single, all three plays. They knew exactly what you're going to do. Kyron stuffed. Kyron stuffed. Matt blasted. Why, when you're not coming to the line, why is Matt not seeing the look either? I'm not just picking on Sean here, but Matt, come on, dude. You saw that look on defense, and you knew that you were going to hand that ball to Kyron. You you had to have known he was going to get stuffed. I get that he had a good day rushing, but when the, the game is in that situation, it's easier for the defense to kind of figure out what you're going to try to do. Um, and he just, I mean, it was brutal. I was like, that couldn't have been the worst play calling series at the worst moment of the game. I was, I was blown away, dude. Well, you Especially how, how bad the screen game was working. That, man, Tyron knows how to get behind his guys. He was cutting back behind every proper hip of every blocker he had on every screen pass that's why i took him coming out of notre dame and that's why the rams penciled him in in the same pick is because of his vision and his ability to get behind the proper hip to keep the defenders away from him when he's running the ball on the screen it is beautiful to watch well one of the things you you're you're pointing to tommy is What's lost in today's game, in my opinion, is the quarterback's ability to actually audible. The one thing I loved about playing with Dan Moreno was this. When they let him go, that guy was going to get you some points. He would come up there. He would check into plays, check out of plays. But there was times when they stifled him because they'd be like, hey, man, just run the play we're calling. But when they let him have free reign, 
man, it was like a touchdown 90% of the time. He would just drive that thing down there because once you get in the flow of the game, you know it's working. You know what your receivers are getting open on. You know what run plays are working. And I just think coordinators, they have all those plays. Oh, third and two, we're going to run these set of plays. You know, third and five, right hash, run this set of plays instead of, yeah, man, all those tendencies that you put on yourself and what you can do. Yeah, man, that might look good when you're trying to scheme it up during the week off of the computer output. But once you get in the game, it's certain things that your linemen are able to block better or your receivers are able to get open better. I just would like to see someone like Stafford have a little more say in like a situation like that. I know he could come up there and pick out three plays and get a first down. But when you got to go with what's called from the sideline, it it just makes you look like a bumbling idiot sometimes. But Mike, maybe that's maybe that's the actual problem. Maybe that's why they're having those words in the sideline because we don't actually know why they had that quick verbal altercation. It could be the fact that Matt, you know, didn't do what he wanted to do or did do what he wanted to, but there's disagreement over you know that play calling situation. We don't actually know because. I don't think there was anything outside of changing the play at the line that Matt Stafford could have done once the play was underway. There was no, there, there, he had to just run for his life. In other words, there was no one he's going to dump the no. ball off to. He couldn't, he wasn't, he didn't hold on the ball long. He was basically dead on, dead in the water. So you know, I know. everything was... that it, it had to have been something that happened at, happened or didn't happen at the line. Well, that's what I'm saying, but I I have to believe a guy like Matthew Stafford all the years and even this game, he can come up and go, okay, they're about to come with two blitzers off this edge. You know, I need to slide the protection. We need to change the play. I need to, you know, run a quick swing route to the back because they're going to leave him uncovered. I just got to believe there's a play that he could have checked into on those three downs that, that would be more efficient. but. We see this across the board. I mean, if you watch that Dallas game last night, Detroit was giving them the business. But I disagree with you, Tommy. I agree with going for it. Maybe that first time, man, we're going to put it. But once a crazy, okay, you miss it on that play. They jump off sides. You miss it again. At that point, you know what? I'm kicking this and we're going to go to OT if we have to. But if you just going to stick to it, because at that time, I think they ended up like on the three and a half or four yard line, it's no longer an easy fourth down and go for it. So, you know, but I, I will agree. I think too much emphasis is done on the analytics, when you should go for it, when you shouldn't. Uh, but if I was the Giants today, I'm saying, well, shoot, our defense have played pretty well these last three or four series. Man, let's go to OT. If we stop them, we got a chance to win in regulation. If not, we at least go to OT. Uh, but hey, that's why I'm here talking on this podcast and not standing on no NFL sideline. Well, I mean, that's that goes back to something that Tommy and I you discussed weeks ago, and that is who's really running the offense. Because Matt Stafford's been there and done that for years. And does he not have license to change the play at the line as a veteran quarterback? Or is this all Sean McVay controlling the show? You know, because we can go back. I forget which game it was where at the end of the game, there was a problem. 
very not the same but kind of similar circumstances where this desperation mode in here Matt Stafford wasn't didn't make the play didn't make the change didn't make the call well okay did he was this a mistake on a mental mistake on his part and he has full license to make the change or did he not have license to change and therefore what happened happened Tommy? Yeah, I don't know. Listen, if you're the quarterback and your coach tells you you're not allowed to change the play because I call the plays and blah, 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 I'm going to be like, all right, man. <laughs> and I'm going to go out there and change the play. Simple as that. Like, Why'd you change the play? I'm like, because I'm doing my job, bro. You're on the sideline. But like I said before, once I cross on this sideline, my team. Your team on that side. Okay, you're not allowed on here. You don't have a uniform on. You don't have a helmet on. I'm going to turn off my earpiece too while I'm at it. Like, listen, we're a team here. <laughs> but if you're not going to let me be me, then go find another quarterback <laughs> who's going to be like, yes, sir, <laughs> Dean Kane, sir. Seriously, buddy. You go get a soldier because that's what you want. Well, quarterbacks are not soldiers. They're not by design. So. Nobody should be listening to their coach when it comes to getting to the line and making checks with your center and your team. Okay? It's your job. You could ask any of the great quarterbacks that are all in the Hall of Fame right now. They all had one thing that got them there, and that's stones. I weren't listening to other coaches. You know, when it came time to handle business just like you said my favorite quarterback of all time you played with him Dan Marino he wasn't taking nothing from nobody bro simple as that he's like my team you know you guys just stay over there and ride my coattails I got this you know there's got to be the coaches are there for a reason to create a plan you have to have a baseline just like we have base coverages and base responsibilities in the game of football but that's your starting point. You can't stick with that. That's not how you evolve. That's not what makes you great. What makes you great is adjusting on the fly. Like Mike said earlier, being able to understand the flow of the game and be like, hey, man, I'm seeing number 22 out there, a corner. He has this tendency where when he turns his right foot this direction, you can get him on this double move. Like if you're not looking that linear, you're never going to be great, dude. You literally have to watch body language with people, mannerisms, personalities. Is this guy going to get off his game if you start chirping at him a little bit? He's a little too emotional. Go after him a little bit with a couple of words here, there, and he's going to get fired up, and then he's going to make mistakes. It's, it's playing chess. It's not just you know what, we, what you do initially out there. It's how you adjust within the game. That can separate the men from the boys. All right, guys. I mean, that's pretty much all I got today. You know, a lot of positives, a lot of things that freak you out. Exciting game overall. Rams, 49ers. That's next week. And the circumstances of the game have changed. So as we get ready to sign off, one last thing to go over. Things that became cemented in the NFL today. One, the Bears now do have the number one pick in the draft because they have Carolina's pick do their trade last year. And so there the Bears just lock down whoever they want first pick of the draft. 
The Baltimore Ravens clinched number one seed in the AFC. The San Francisco 49ers clinched the number one seed in the NFC, which means the Niners can sit whoever the heck they want next weekend. Wonder if they will. I don't know. With McCaffrey hurt, I don't know. I mean, you're playing the Rams. Who knows? Um, Dallas and Philadelphia, they both need to win next week. Uh, Dallas right now has taken over the number two seed, and they would play as we as are speaking Seattle in the playoffs if the season were to begin uh, playoffs reading today. Detroit would play the Rams, and Tampa would would host the Eagles. So there's a lot riding for next week for the two to seven seeds. That puts the Rams in an awkward position if Seattle loses today. The Rams are in. Uh, pretty much the Rams, the Rams are going to be fine. They're, they're in good shape overall if, if New Orleans loses next week too. So they hold the tiebreaker there. Looking at the AFC, Miami's got the number two seed right now. Got the, my, God, did you see that Miami embarrassment in Baltimore today? Oh, Kansas City's playing right now, and that's that's looking good. We want to get out, get out of here. Ace have to go watch that game. Matter of fact, the Pittsburgh Seattle game right now is looking pretty ruthless. So we have lots of reasons to sign off and go watch more football. But that's how things are looking. By the way, those Cleveland Browns, those Cleveland Browns, the soft spot for me, eleven and five. Joe Flacco, uh, um, wow. There's enough football. That was pretty neat. So. Any closing thoughts, Mike? Hey, man, like you said, a lot of football left for today. It's going to shake up the rest of this or shake in or shake out who's going to be making these playoffs. Uh, but I like at least where the Rams are sitting. Uh, they've kind of controlled their own destiny the last couple of weeks. Obviously, I want them to put a smack down on these 49ers who think they're all of that next week, just to just for fun's sake. And then let's go get them playoffs. But uh definitely uh i'm with tommy a little worn out after this one man a lot of ups and downs but like i said we got one in the bank so kudos very emotional today very emotional yeah buddy yes all right guys we're (laughs) out of here have a great one happy freaking new year next week rams 49ers let's go